0: Welcome to CEO Crossing, owning a business is hard especially when you're crossing over from one challenge only to be met with another. CEO Crossing is your source for inspiration, education, and reformation. It's where CEOs tell their stories, drop their knowledge, and help you succeed by showing you how to avoid their previous mistakes or take lessons they've already learned to help you accelerate your growth and success. Do you have a thirst for knowledge? Join us as host Paul Kirch helps you cross over by bringing you powerful insights and dynamic expert guests. And don't forget to jump in and join our social learning network by visiting ceocrossing.org. ceocrossing.org. And simply apply for membership today. Now, let's welcome the host of CEO Crossing, Paul Kirch. Paul Kirch.
1: Welcome to CEO Crossing. I'm your host, Paul Kirch, and today is Charity Day. That's right, folks. Not because we're giving to charity, but because charity's giving to us. We've got Charity Brown, the founder of Now Answer Group, who's gonna be talking about fiscal proficiency, Now, she's endorsed by people like Kevin Harrington of Shark Tank because of the work she's been doing for 20 plus years, helping small business owners learn to leverage the tools to succeed with their financial knowledge, as well as other areas of their business. So let's welcome Charity Brown to CEO Crossing. Charity Brown, welcome to CEO Crossing.
2: Thank you, Paul. I'm really excited to be here.
1: Well, we're thrilled to death to have you on, and you know, my partner, Eric Bell has talked about you and I got the opportunity to meet you and talk to you about what you're doing. And I just find it really fascinating the work you're doing to help business owners out there from some angles that a lot of people really, um, a, they don't delve into. And when they do delve into it, it's more from a perspective that may just not be relatable. Whereas you're somebody that you're just, um, genuinely a relatable person. You're somebody that knows how to really tackle the hard parts of business, the finance side, the accounting side, but you do it in a way that makes it fun and makes it really, uh, I guess, an enjoyable process. Has that been an asset to you during this whole journey of helping entrepreneurs on their, their path?
2: Yes. So financial literacy is really important, um, for entrepreneurs and business owners. And it's always kind of like one of those things that people really don't enjoy doing. (laughs) So, um, Creating a different energy and environment around it to make it um, less stressful and um, kind of remove the stumbling blocks that usually um, ail business owners in their growth process when it comes to understanding their metrics and KPIs. I have devised a really fun program, fun, right, (laughs) that helps business owners uh, get the high level tools that they need to drive their business.
1: This is one of the reasons that Kevin Harrington was attracted to what you're doing. And Kevin Harrington was famous for being on Shark Tank and one of the monumental characters on that show. He was really drawn to what you were doing. He saw it as something different, saw it as unique. He gave you a huge endorsement. But since then, he's also really wanted you to be a bigger part of what he's doing because he sees the value in your approach. And that must really make you feel good about the journey you're on.
2: Yeah, I think he and I really connect on that mentorship level. I mean, he obviously has his own um, mentor programs and, you know, consults with many high-level investors and entrepreneurs, and he sees what I'm doing, which is really developing the high-level tools that aren't usually accessible to um, all entrepreneurs and giving them what they need to, to to have a solid foundation to be able to get funding, capital, and the mindset side. So it's like a hybrid. And he recognized that that coaching and consulting are like two different animals. And when you put them together, you really get that, that heart-centered and um, brain-centered business. And that is really what we need in this day and age. People are so disconnected from their business and their personal life. There's like a very fine divide. And a lot of people are just completely um. Disconnected from their feelings a lot and, and find it really hard to get what they want, their fulfillment out of their business. They could be making seven, eight figures, but be completely um, destroyed internally and not being able to get to their personal goals, uh, financial goals, and just running into roadblock after roadblock.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And one of the things that I like to say is where there's no purpose, there's no point. Because I've been that person who, Business was going well, but I was focused on the money. I was focused on the wrong things. I lost my purpose. I wasn't Mm -hmm. really operating under that big why that drove me before. Mm
0: -hmm. And what I
1: saw happen is when things were good, it was fun. But boy, when things got rough and my personal life was falling apart, I was going through a divorce. And all of a sudden that stress and depression hit me. I didn't have that big motivator to keep me really focused on what I was doing and why I was doing it. So I kind of lost that, like you said, that heartfelt side of it, Mm -hmm. I really lost that. And when I discovered my purpose, my purpose is to give and to make a difference in the lives of entrepreneurs, which I know is a big driver for you as well. You want to make people feel less stress and, and have more information so that they can operate at the highest level.
2: Exactly. How important is that
1: heartfelt piece in terms of business from what you see with other people you work with when they don't have that? And it's just about functioning and not about functioning at the highest level.
2: Yeah, it really can distract you. I mean, the the hunger and for massive success, you have to have that feeling, whether it's hunger or drive or passion or love of the business. It's like once it's just a, a money game and it's how much money do you have in the bank? Everything else falls through the wayside. So we kind of get back in touch with reality one. We keep it real, you know, and then we get back into the fundamentals of why your big why and the 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 massive motivator and to to learn ways to let disappointment past disappointments drive you instead of destroy you in regards to the business.
1: Yeah, And I don't want to shift gears too far away from this topic because this is a great topic. But you said something that really caught my attention there and I know you know this better than anybody you said money in the bank Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people in business get excited that they've got revenue coming in wow look at all this revenue coming revenue coming in but at the end of the Mm -hmm. year there's almost no profitability there's almost no money in the bank at the end of the day what is one of the most important things in business is at the end of the year did that money you brought in translate to cash in the bank is that fair?
2: Right. Well, cash flow is really important. Like, you need to know your cash flow. That is one of the very um, important items that I go over in my course. Know your KPIs. I mean, if you're not working at optimal performance and you don't know if you're at a loss or a gain at the end of the year, you're kind of in trouble. You're not really driving your business. Your business is driving you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen people that are revenue rich, but poor at the end of the year.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, And it's all about uh, organization, cash flow, and dialing into those key metrics. And it really seems like, oh, that sounds easy. You know, oh, I have a financial GPS on my phone. Now I feel like I have a target. I have a goal. I know what I'm looking for. But people get so, like, overwhelmed with the day-to-day, like, processes and procedures and and being, like, knee-deep or neck-deep in the processes of the business that it's really hard for them to sit down and really analyze it and make sure that their business is profitable. So it happens all the time. I I have clients that that just use their bank balance as a way to tell if they're making enough money or not. Like, oh, do we have enough money for payroll? Okay, we're doing good. You know, it's like, that's not really making it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's also those smaller businesses that sometimes use their bank account as if it's their own bank account and they kind of operate as that's what they're living out of when Well really, sole
2: proprietors can do that. LLC, yeah. you know pe- people can do that. I mean, that's a viable business as well, but it can be a dangerous not,
1: practice though, right? because it can get yeah. it can get to the point where your focus is on growing the business just enough so that you've got sustainable living, but you're not really focused on growing. And you know yeah. people target, I know a lot of companies that target 10% growth fifteen percent growth and they call that a good year. But in this day and age, some businesses, some industries, ten percent growth time over time can put you out of business. Is that right?
2: Yeah, with inflation and the cost of living and everything, it's like you really need to have a 10 X like
1: plan. Like Mm -hmm. how
2: big are you thinking? You know, a lot of people kind of put themselves in a box and limit their beliefs and their and their goals because that's just they they didn't really attain that higher level of vision for themselves. So they just continued to set the bar
1: low. Now this is not to uh, criticize any business model or anybody out there that's working with a CPA. Cause I love my uh, certified public accountant. You know, he's really valuable for me when it comes to doing certain things, tax forms yeah. and, and maybe end of year taxes. But, what I learned the hard way when I started in business is I thought, oh, I've got this CPA. I, he's my business consultant. He's going to guide me down the path of what I can do to, 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 you know, maximize my potential. What I found is he gave me very limited information. A, because he operates in a silo, and B, because his goal is to make sure that A, I don't get audited, but also B, that you know he's able to serve me doing what he does well, and that's my taxes and that types of forms. And there's so many businesses out there that rely solely on a CPA. Can you talk about that aspect? Because I know that's a challenge that you and I have talked about offline, that that's uh, sometimes very limiting in terms of what people are going to learn.
2: Yeah, CPAs are awesome when it comes to tax law, tax um, filing and, you know, putting the numbers in the right box. But a lot of times CPAs don't have that that entrepreneur entrepreneur business owner insight where they're going to give you a strategy how to um, increase your cash flow and increase your revenue stream. And, you know, they they are they are very well trained in areas of GAAP and FAS and delivering um, financials and helping you avoid pitfalls that a lot of people do in risk financial reporting. Um, I work with several auditors and CPA firms through the last 20 years, and there's been lots of times where it's just um, – Standard for them to do certain things that really impact the business owners, like net worth or um, net profit margins or capitalizing things that you know could be written off and things that that you can optimize and kind of streamline if you have a good conversation with them. So it's important to like kind of talk to them about certain movements of your money that you may not notice, and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to operate off my tax return at the end of the year, and then you realize that they. You know, they did a special election and wrote off five hundred thousand dollars worth of new equipment you bought. And now your net profits tanked, and you can't get that line of credit and you can't get certain investors because, you know, you thought you had one hundred and eighty seven thousand and now you have. Negative, you know. So it's it's a lot of different, you got to talk with them and really tell them what your plans are for the future in regard to the tax return, because that really at the end of the day is all the banks, the venture capitalists, any of the funding, any of the capital that you need to get, you need to have good returns.
1: Yeah, I learned early on that if I did my homework and came to him with questions, he would answer them. But normally it was like, yes, you can do that. But there was no alternative. There was no, but here's another strategy. It was almost always like, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, we can, you, we can work with that. But it was never like, have you considered this? Or maybe you should look into this. And, and that's where somebody like you that's out there helping people with fiscal knowledge in terms of how to manage their business. I mean, there's so many things that people are just really missing at the end of the day. You mentioned at the beginning of this key performance indicators, KPIs. What are some mm-hmm. things that people should be tracking that maybe they, they typically would not? Or maybe they are tracking, but they are not digging into the way that you think they should?
2: Yeah, it's really niche specific, um, but in overall, like there's five KPIs, so your revenue, your adjusted cost of goods, your your payroll and labor, your overhead and your net. But I like to drive in also to the marketing spend and for growth. If you're scaling in this market, you really need to pay attention to the internal KPIs of like your marketing spend and um, things like that that are going to drive your sales up.
1: Yeah, that, that's really powerful. And mm-hmm. so when it comes to that uh, side of things, do you find that that's an easy process for people to start adapting that mindset of tracking those and leveraging them correctly, or is that a huge learning curve for a lot of companies?
2: Uh, it depends on what level of the game we're at. It really depends on the Customer avatar. You know who? What client am I talking to today? Am I talking to the the couple that owns a couple barbecue joints downtown, or are we talking to a very high level uh, manufacturing company CEO? It depends.
1: So we talked about Kevin Harrington and that relationship and how he was attracted to what you were doing. What was it that first draw drew him into the Charity Brown camp? What what was it that really made him see something different in what your approach is?
2: It was the hybrid consulting slash coaching program that I built, the Five Star Business Accelerator, because it's also a program where we help small businesses, new businesses, get funding, get business credit, and pretty much line them up for success their first year.
1: Owning a business is hard, especially when you're crossing over from one challenge only to be met with another. You don't have to go it alone. Come out to CEOCrossing.org and find your source for inspiration, education, and reformation. Here CEOs tell their stories, drop their knowledge, and help you succeed by showing you how to avoid their previous mistakes or take lessons they have learned to help you accelerate your growth and success. Visit ceocrossing.org and apply for membership today. You can take out loans through certain programs like Cabbage and and some other cash advance type of places or MCA funding And it may be drawn against your personal credit that doesn't necessarily help you build your business credit, doesn't necessarily help you give your uh, DUNS rating a a better rating. What are some things that people really need to be thinking and considering when it comes to building their business credit? And how important is it that they have their business credit built up versus personal credit?
2: Oh, it's so important um, because a lot of people don't realize that your business credit is separate from your personal credit. Like it's really important, and a lot of people never register on Dun and Bradstreet or Equifax. Like they have no credit even five years later. They never got terms. They're always just um, using their business. Their their business is using their personal credit, and now they have all this liability that really the business should be carrying. So, personal guaranteeing um, large lines of credit and putting your house and your livelihood on the line really is dangerous territory. And I try to you know. educate my, my new business owners on how important it is to get that first business credit card, you know, and to, to register with Dun & Bradstreet and Equifax.
1: You know, it's funny when I started my business in 2009, which, uh, A, shows you how smart I am 2009. What a crazy year to be starting. The economy was in the toilet, Mm -hmm. but it actually ended up being a good year for me because I was doing sales coaching and consulting at the time. And businesses were struggling so my phone was ringing off the hook where it got scary is when the phone stopped ringing but that's another subject but mm-hmm. in 2009 the mindset that I had coming in was what I'd always been taught I'd always heard people talking about it. and it is that mindset of leverage your house you know it's like you want to start a business mortgage your home and you know people are always taking out second mortgages it's like we saw it on tv you saw it on movies Today, it's a little different. It's a little sexier to be an entrepreneur. There's avenues that people have coming into things. Crowdfunding didn't exist even in 2009. If it did, it was very uh, basically under the radar at that point. And so today, there's so many more opportunities. What do you guide or how do you guide people that are starting off today differently than what they used to? Because like I said, the mindset used to be that, hey, take out that leverage on your home. If you want to start a business, you got to take that risk. But today, that risk is... It can be mitigated in other ways, correct?
2: Yeah, and that's good planning, getting down to the fundamentals, really finding out what is your need as a business owner. So that's one thing. People just start businesses, register with the secretary of state. They think they have a viable business because they paid for the the business name, but they didn't didn't, um, really dig down into what is my investment going to be? What do I really need to get clients blowing up my phone? you know what do i really how much money do i really need to set off this marketing campaign how much money do i need to get a storefront so um there's a lot of different scenarios that that could come up i mean it's hard to get a line of credit from the bank your first year in business now the SBA loan is is servicing first year uh business owners um You know, but really it's about getting maybe like your first credit card, building the credit so you can get larger lines of credit.
1: Yeah. And I think, and this may not be a fiscal topic in itself, but the idea of being able to start your business with the mindset of eventually freeing yourself from some of the daily activities. You know, when I started the business, I was so eager to start a business that I didn't even think beyond. Me being the face of it, I didn't realize I was going to be the accountant, the bookkeeper. I was going to be doing it all the first year, the first two years. And and when I started learning about outsourcing and learning about bringing on other resources to help me grow and scale, that was such a hard lesson because I was kind of entrenched in that idea that I had to do it all. But that doing it all sometimes kills you.
2: Oh, yeah. That's the burnout. You know, I had I had several restaurants, lottery facilities, and I would I would end up in the dish pit and on the line and doing all the prep stuff and busing tables. And, you know, you have to jump in fees first. Like when you invest in a business, no one's just going to hand you your profits. You yeah. know, it's like you got to put that sweat equity in there. You got to, you know, get some skin in the game. And if you think that you're going to have a six figure or seven figure business and it's, it's going to be a cakewalk, then I mean, it's challenging. So if you like challenging, then do that. But if you want to just sit back with your feet up, that's not the kind of businesses that make profits.
1: Well, I always said, if you want to work more, earn less and have more stress, start your own business. It's perfect, right?
2: (laughs) Right. Cause you, yeah, I mean, (laughs) and the first three to five years, that's what it's about. It's really, it's really, you know, going through the motions and, and knowing the intricate parts of your business. So, you know, I had a bookkeeping and accounting service for like 15 years from 1999 until just like five years ago and I had hundreds of clients and uh, and small and mid-sized business owners and I watched a lot of these people epically fail because they did not want to put all the other hats on and they didn't know the intricate parts of their business that were actually bleeding them dry. And it's because at the beginning of the inception of the business, they didn't take the time to really learn those parts. They just outsourced and didn't care. Like, oh, I don't I don't want to know my book. I don't need to know my numbers. I just look at my bank account. I don't need to, um, you know, get an attorney. I'll just file this file this here, file this there, you know, or, or maybe I don't need to know anything about marketing or my website. And then the website goes down, they lose half their sales. They don't know how to fix it. They don't know who to call. Like, I mean, all kinds of things happen when you're in business, you need to be able to like save yourself essentially.
1: That's, <laughs> that's one of the most valuable lessons that I've, I've heard in a long time. And it's such a great reminder because it is true. Um, you don't want to have to be burdened with doing it all yourself, but you definitely have to have a deep understanding of the business. Now there's a difference between working on your business and working in your business. And there's so many Mm -hmm. people out there that say, I don't want to be working in my business. I want to be working on my business. And that's such a grandiose idea for a lot of people at certain stages, because look, if you don't work in your business as well, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know Mm -hmm. what customers are really seeing. You don't know, what's really happening if those key employees fi- leave you or those key resources dry up, you're in trouble.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a dog eat dog world. You got to have the, the, um, the tools and resources to, to stay afloat, whatever may happen. So that means you got to have some lines of credit. You got to have the know-how, how to do the complicated tasks, whether it's a service-based business or is it done for you service or it's a professional service to be able to, you know, jump in in an emergency and know exactly what you need to do. And a lot of times, uh, I would say 50-50, like a lot of the people that I run into really actually know how to how to run their entire business by themselves. Um, and so it, sometimes it's a hard knock life for some of us, you know, because it, it, you, you can't lead a horse to water and make them drink, you know? It's like yeah. you either are going to, you know, Buy into a franchise and say, "Oh, everyone else is going to do the work for me. Here we got the we got the you know franchise logo. Now um, we we invested the quarter million dollars in the business, and um, but I'm not working back there. Like, what are they crazy? They want me to watch dishes?
1: Yeah, right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> you know, you're like, well, if Tom doesn't show up and Ben quits and so and so walks out, then you got to lose three thousand dollars that day. So what are you going to do? Do you have a plan? And so we go through a lot of those kind of um, Kind of uh, policies and procedures and operational things that um, are really like the lifeblood of people's business that they don't realize that they may have to be able to go in there and do that food order and check that inventory and, you know, make sure that, you know, the your your admin quit and you can't process payroll. So who's going to do it?
1: Well, you mentioned franchise businesses. Now, I, I personally, this is just me. I have no interest in buying a franchise. I, I, I respect the franchise model. Obviously, a lot of times the franchise owners are the ones that make the money, but the franchise model is smart in the regards that they recre- repeat, or excuse me, they create repeatable processes.
2: Mm-hmm. And anybody hard. that
1: wants to learn how to create a business that can really self sustain when things fall apart, or you know, If one employee is missing, I have a friend who him his business, when he started it, he kind of followed that franchise model, and he created a procedure for everything in his business that every employee had access to. So if somebody was gone, somebody was out, somebody could pull up the procedure manual and see how a certain process was done. Maybe mm-hmm. that's overkill, but maybe not. But there are certain lessons that come out of the franchise world that I think a lot of people could benefit from. Now, you owning multiple restaurants, did you follow any kind of those... Patterns from one business to the next where you.
2: Oh, yeah, we cook. A, we cookie cuttered all of the, the policies and procedures for the financial modules and the structure and the ordering and the hiring and, you know, like the handbooks and the H.R. How much of a difference did that. that make? What's up?
1: How much of a difference did that make for you?
2: Oh, it relieved me from so many tangly messes. like yeah. that's parliament. It's so important, like to have those dialed in. Because all those have huge ripple effects with the state and the feds and and employee retention and HR, all those very important things that can cause you the hugest headache. So if you have employees, you need those. Amen. Charity Brown.
1: (laughs) We love you over here at CEO Crossing. And folks, if you like what Charity has to say, she's going to be doing a webinar for us on August nineteenth that we're gonna be promoting out. It's gonna be one o'clock central time. So be checking CEO Crossing for that information. Charity, we're huge fans of you over here and obviously Kevin Harrington isn't the only one who thinks you're super smart because we love you. Uh, Can you tell people how they can learn more about what you're doing?
2: Yes, you can visit uh, nowanswergroup.com and uh, Kevin's endorsements on there and there's also a strategy button um, that you can book a 30-minute consultation with me and I would love to get on the phone with you guys.
1: Charity Brown, thanks for helping people cross over to success at CEO Crossing. Thank you, Paul. That was great. I hope Charity Brown brought as much value and knowledge to you as she did to us here at CEO Crossing. We're grateful for having her on. As I mentioned, Charity is going to be hosting a webinar for us on August 19th at 1 o'clock Central Time. Come out to ceocrossing.com forward slash events to learn more. We're grateful for all that she's done to contribute to our, our community. We know that she's going to bring a lot of great value to you and your business. Once again, my name is Paul Kirch, the host of CEO Crossing. We're grateful you're here. Come out to CEOCrossing.com and check us out. Learn about the community that's helping you cross over to success. Have an amazing day.
0: Thanks for tuning in to CEO Crossing with our host, Paul Kirch. Be with us next time when we share stories and inspiring lessons brought to you by guest CEOs and business leaders who are helping pave the path to success. If you have questions or ideas to share, email us at podcast at ceocrossing.org. No matter your experience level, business leadership is hard and no one should go it alone. Cross over at ceocrossing.org, CEO Crossing.org. and let us help you accelerate your business success today.